This is Colin Spencer. Thank you so much for tuning in to my podcast, Win Every Day. Listen, I'm really excited about this message, Get Rid of the Jonah Spirit. It's going to really, really bless you. I've been seeking God like never before these past couple of days. Since the fast and giving up social media and my phone, it has been extremely challenging to my natural man. But it has been amazingly beneficial to my spiritual man. Jeremiah 29, 11, 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. The 12th verse says, then you will call upon me and go pray to me and I will listen to you. Isn't that a marvelous thing that when we pray to God, he listens? Oh, come on, give somebody a low five and say, I'm so glad God don't ignore my prayers. You pray to me and I will listen to you. 13 says, and you will seek me. And find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Now, this seek for me that you will find me is not because God is lost. You know, because I started to wonder, why must I seek for him like he may be found or something? Like he's lost or something. And God began to speak to me. He said, this seek me so that you will find me. It's having a desire to come into my presence. He said, this seek me that you will find me. It's not because I'm lost. But it's that you may get a desire to come into my presence. See, Nate... He spends the night at my house pretty often. And if he was, which he does, stay in the guest room on the other side, and I call out to him, and I say, Nate, come here. And he responds by getting up and possibly looking out into the living room and saying, I don't see you. Where are you? And my response to him is come see. Oh God. I'm not calling him to come find me because I'm lost. I'm calling him out of a place that he was to come to a place where I am. All right. See, we can never get to a place that we stop seeking God as if he's lost in space. But our seek with God is a desire to get to a place that he already is. My God in heaven. See, this is the season where God is trying to call you from where you are to where he is. That's why it's been challenging. My God, it's because it's time for your seek level to go to another place. It's time for your desire to go to another place. It's time for your hunger to go to another place. Not because God is lost. 
said, if you seek me, you will find me. Now, this is what I love about this verse is that you have to search for him with all of your heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it has to be an all-in kind of thing. It has to be an all-or-nothing kind of thing. I'm not talking about the seek him when you need him. I'm not talking about the seek him when you want something. I'm talking about the seek him because you desire to come out of the place that you were into a new season in him, into a new level in him, into a new dimension in him. Is there anybody in here that feels like you've been stuck in a level in God and it's a season to shift to a deeper place, to shift to a greater place, to shift to a more anointed place? Listen, what I found out, Sam, is that when you start seeking God, and I mean truly start seeking him, Raymond, he will start speaking less about people and more about you. Yeah, I just said something. I just said something. When you start seeking God for real, he will start speaking less about people and more about you. That's why you can always tell when somebody has a false prayer life. My God. That's why you can always tell when somebody has a pretend kind of relationship with God. Because if everything that comes out of your mouth is about your brother, if everything that comes out of your mouth is about your sister, and who else needs deliverance, and who else needs freedom, and who else needs a move, you don't hear what I'm trying to tell you, then I can tell that you have not been in his glory. When you start seeking God, my God, you don't have time to figure out what's going on with everybody else. When you start seeking God, he starts telling you how unclean you are. He starts telling you how dirty you are. He starts telling you how much jealousy is in your heart. He starts telling you how much envy is in your heart. That's what the real seek of God does. The real seek of God will begin to tell you, you talk too much. Shut your mouth. The real seek of God. The real seek of God will tell you, you ain't really submitted. You ain't really submitted. Oh, you show up every week, but you ain't submitted in your heart. The real seek of God will tell you, you gossip too much. The real seek of God is to tell you to keep your mouth off your man of God. Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. But he just a man like I'm a man. No, 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 no. The real seeker God will put reverence back in your spirit. The real seeker God will bring a level of conviction back in your spirit. The real seeker God will make you apologize when everybody else has done you wrong. See, this other stuff. This other stuff. This other stuff, because it ain't God. This other stuff that we call seeking God, 
But the only thing he reveals to us is what's wrong with everybody else. Oh, I was in prayer and God showed me that something going on with this sister. I was in prayer and God showed me this marriage ain't working. God was, I was in prayer and God showed me that this person is dealing with this. I was in prayer and God showed me things about pastor. Then you ain't going deep enough in your seeker because the deeper you go in God, the greater the knife gets for you. The deeper you go in God, the greater the sword gets for you. Somebody clap your hands and begin to give God glory that needs a new seek in their spirit. David said in the seventh psalm in the eighth verse, he said, the Lord shall judge the people. Uh-huh. I know we want to judge them. But the Bible says that the Lord shall judge the people. Then he says, judge me according to my righteousness. Judge me according to my integrity. See, when you really start seeking God, Raymond, God begins to show you everything about you that's not him. My God, he begins to show you that you think you're holy. My God, but when you really start seeking him, things you thought you was delivered from, it starts slowly picking back up again. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. Things that you thought you had a grip on, when you really start seeking God, he'll begin to show you that you don't have a grip like you think you do. You will always need my grace. You will always need my mercy. You will always need my strength. You will always need my encouragement. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. Is there anybody that needs a new singing God? Anybody got time for this phony church? Anybody got time for this masquerade church? He's looking for a real church. He's looking for a church, my God, that says, here I am. I have issues like everybody else. Here I am. I have problems like everybody else. Here I am. As a pastor, you know, I've been known to shoot people from one place to another. And Raymond, I would see so many people coming to my church non-spiritual. It would cost them their life to just get an ounce of spirituality out of them. Then they come to my church and get an anointing Start seeing, start hearing, and now they super spiritual. Now God speaks to you all the time. Now you got discernment. You can see everybody flaws. Can see everybody errors. But my God, what about the mercy that it took for you to sit in the pew? What about the grace that it took to draw you to the pew? My God in heaven, Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in here that says I'm not coming for the people? I'm coming from God. And they start calling me, Curtis. Pastor, 
God showed me that this person ain't right. I mean, I can't put my finger on it, but it's something about them, Pastor. And you know what I've been wanting to tell them? Somebody just called me last night about you. I've been wanting to tell them, take heed unless you fall. Because somebody sees your unclean spirit. Somebody sees your raggedy spirit. I knew this wasn't going to make you shout, but let me tell you something. I'm walking in victory in here, and I'm not scared of no demonic force. I take authority over this atmosphere. I take authority over this environment. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. You shall bow at the name of Jesus. Let me help you what real intercession is. Intercession ain't you going for them. Intercession is you going as them. So if you go and ask them, then how dare you come out and try to call out what they got? You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. When you really go into intercession, you come out with the burden of the Lord. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. The burden of the Lord is the burden of the people. He says, he says, he says, judge me according to my integrity. I'm telling you, baby, and I get the calls all week. Pastor, God showed me. And they never call and say, Pastor, God showed me that I need to submit. God told me that I need to come and apologize. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble when I say this. God told me that I've been gossiping about you behind your back too much. And I need to come back and apologize. God told me that I was at the kitchen table saying things about your character that I shouldn't have said. And I need to come. Nobody else heard me in the church. But it was in my own secret heart. It was in my own secret place. And I need to come back and apologize. That's what happens when you really seek God. He begins to show you you. You ain't got no real prayer life if God never convicts you. You want to know how strong your prayer life is? How many times you apologize? How many times do you apologize? Because a real prayer life, you're always apologizing. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. You can hardly spit without thinking you spit wrong. You can hardly talk to somebody wrong without the Holy Ghost checking you and saying, no, you raised your voice right there. No, you was too strong right there. No, you didn't have compassion right there. Come on, a real prayer life is continual apologies. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. Real prayer life. You be going up to folks you don't even think. You don't even know you offended. You're like, I don't know if I offended you. That's how real prayer life persons sound. I don't know if I offended you. But forgive me. So, according to my integrity. Look. 
I've been seeking and I've been praying. I've been fasting. And I'm not going to tell y'all no lie. There's no cell phone. It's harder than you think. But I found out when I get bored, I ain't got nothing else to do but pray. Can't go scrolling through my phone. Can't respond to unnecessary text messages. Can't check ignorant Facebook statuses. Ain't got nothing else to do but pray. And as I was praying, Raymond, and fasting and seeking God, and I mean, I've been really seeking him. I mean, like the old time Colin seeking him. Waking up hollering. All throughout the day hollering. Going to bed hollering. Just wee hours in the morning hollering. Just, 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 just seeking him. And as I was reading this, I wasn't reading this to preach it. I was just reading it just to read it. And I found something in Jonah that I've never seen before. I found something in Jonah that really challenged my faith, really shifted me to another place. Look at Jonah, the first chapter. In the first verse, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of the Amittai, saying, verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fear. Can I just put a prophetic footnote there that anytime you disobey God, you're going to have to pay the price. He paid the fear and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Let's look back at that verse, that second verse. It says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. If I would title this message, I would say, Get rid of the Jonah spirit. If I was to give this a title, I would say, get rid of the Jonah spirit. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Watch this. Because of the type of message he had to preach. And I can understand that. Especially living in these kind of days. Jonah was going to have to go to Nineveh. Can I paraphrase? To tell people stop fornicating. Come on, I'm not preaching at you. I'm just telling you what the story says. Jonah was going to have to go to Nineveh to tell people stop lying. 
Jonah, I know I'm going to get in real trouble here, had to go to Nineveh to tell people stop having sex if you're not married. Jonah had to go to Nineveh to tell people stop lying on your taxes. Jonah was going to have to go to Nineveh to tell the people to get right with God. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Jonah was going to have to announce God's judgment against the people because their wickedness has come up before God. So I can understand why Jonah would not want to preach that kind of message. But God said to me, woman in the blue tank top who's going to get a miracle in 48 hours. God spoke to me and he said, this is just like a lot of preachers nowadays. A lot of preachers are starting to preach less of what God has to say and more of what the people want to hear. We got preachers telling people who they know are straight devils that God is going to bless you when they know they are home wrecker. God is not getting ready to bless you. God wants to correct you. No, I'm just saying what Jonah had to go out there and say. And that's why preachers nowadays don't want to preach that kind of gospel. My God. Because you don't get a response like you would if you was getting prophesied a blessing. The church won't grow if you keep talking about people's character and the integrity because nobody wants to be told I'm wrong. Just tell me everything I can do to get. But nobody want to be told you ain't going to get if you ain't right. Yeah, I knew this was going to be a heavy one. But I'm so sick of people. So, oh, God going to bless me. No, he ain't. Your life is raggedy. Oh, God going to bless me. No, he ain't going to give me increase. You don't even pay tithes. Why is God going to give you increase and make you a bigger thief than you already is? God going to give me a new car? No, he ain't because your motives is wrong. God going to give me a bigger house. You can't pay your apartment rent. See, this the kind of message, if the church was really shot at the place they should be, this the kind of message when you should be shouting. Because the Bible says he chastises who he loves. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. I would rather God rebuke me. I would rather God whoop me. I would rather God correct me than bless me and know that I'm a mess.
Preachers don't want to preach this no more. And so the church got wild. Preachers don't want to preach this gospel no more. So the church got wild. Oh God, I'm going to get in trouble when I say this. The church has birthed out a whole lot of bastard children. Because we can't get no sons and daughters in the house. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble when I say this. We can't get nobody to submit. We can't get nobody to follow the man of God. We can't get nobody to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. Oh, my God in heaven. And so we got a whole bunch of bastards. We got a whole bunch of wild anointed. We got a whole bunch of God speaks to me. But is there anybody in here? I told y'all this ain't no Sunday church message. I told y'all this ain't no Sunday church message. But when I grew up, Paige, when I would go to these little revivals, they didn't preach about how God was going to bless me. I'm telling you the God on his truth, Omnia. They would call me out and say, boy right there with the long white t-shirt. He said, I see sin on you. I see wickedness inside of you. I see iniquity inside of you. But God wants to use you. But he won't use you until you get clean. He won't use you until you get holy. And what happened? You think they're going to run from it. But there's something inside of us that wants discipline. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. Inside of every humanity, there is something inside of us that wants to be disciplined by God. I don't want a father who ignores me. I want a father who pays attention. Pay attention to the needs of my character. I don't, I don't want a God that just says, oh, I see they need a miracle. Let me go ahead and bless them. I want a father that says, why you still mean? Why you still lying? Why you still inconsistent? Why you still don't have discipline? Come on, why you still can't love your brother? Why you can't still love your sister? Oh, they don't took love and simplified it to this little ABC message. But that's the biggest thing the Christians are missing. You don't hear what I'm trying to tell you. The biggest things that is missing in the body of Christ is love. And I want a God that says, no, no, you don't love for real. Your love is conditional. Your love is predicated on how somebody else loves you. But real love don't exist until you got a demon that keeps trying to mess with you. Real love don't exist until to your enemy, my God in heaven, real love is not until you gotta love somebody who hates your guts. Listen, Curtis, I was, I've been in the workforce now for a little over a year. You know where I work, I work at Simlar. Oh, we're going to have to bleep that out. They put me on a final, y'all, for putting stuff on social media. I work at a job in a workforce. And this is a true story. Can I talk to y'all for a second? True story. True story. I said, you know what the Bible says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you? So last week, this week, 
I started to say, is something wrong with me? Why everybody love me? No, true story, true story. Something right. Am I not doing something right for God? Because, you know, when you start doing stuff for God, the enemy start getting crazy. You, you know what I'm saying, right? You, when you really turn up your prayer life, when you really start getting in your word, then demonic stuff start happening on your job. But ain't none of that start happening. I said, my boss ain't dev- the devil. My boss boss ain't the devil that I know of, you know. They don't treat me wrong. They don't. Everybody loves me. You know, I said, something, something ain't right. And God spoke to me. He said, you don't have to repeat a test that you already passed. I just said something right there. He said, you already passed the season of loving the people that hate you. You already passed the season of walking with your head up when all hell is going on around you. You're experiencing what you're experiencing. It's because you keep failing the character test. I said, that's right. Because I remember when there was some demons on my old jobs. He said, right. Remember you used to cuss them out when they got you mad? I said, that's true. <laughs> See, somebody need to tell the truth and shame the devil. And that not everybody got to, oh, you know what, I'll pray for you. Some people got to bleep, 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 bleep. He said, he said, you, you don't have to retake a test that you've already passed. Colin, you're behind. You're beyond the character test. Oh, God. You're beyond the integrity test. I said, I said, well, where, where am I? Because if ain't none of this happening, I feel stuck. Because I'm going to help y'all with something. If ain't no demonic activity happening in your life, you stuck. I start saying, well, ain't nothing, ain't nothing going on. And he said, you know where you at now? You at the money or ministry test. <laughs> he said, you at the mammon or God test. Because you make a lot on your job. But can I challenge you to come off of it? Not knowing where your next check going to come from. Not knowing where your next income going to come from. You're at the money or ministry test. He said. Get back on track. He said. He said preachers nowadays. Don't want to preach this kind of gospel. They don't want to preach it. And God spoke to me. And I know this is going to surprise many of you. And I got to hurry through this. But he said to me, Joel Austin, 
is anointed to preach what he preaches on the platform that he has. He said this to me. He said, Joyce Myers is anointed to preach what she preaches with the platform that she has. He said that. He started naming people. Bishop Jakes is anointed to do it with the platform that he has. John Gray, and, and you know he's a wonderful preacher, but they are anointed to do it the way they do it with the platform that they have. But God spoke to me, and he said, many preachers are trying to milk down their word in order to get a platform like they got. But many preachers are going to miss God because they're compromising their preach for a platform. He said, many preachers are going to get in trouble with God because you are watering down your gospel in order to get the platform that you see everybody else has. What he said to me, he said, if you anointed to preach encouraging message, preach it. If you anointed to preach motivational messages, preach it. If you anointed to preach against sin, then preach against sin. If you anointed to preach against wickedness, then preach against wickedness. But don't compromise your preach in order to get a bigger platform, my God, because there's a dying world that is coming to the house of God every single Sunday. But they keep getting these watered down messages that don't challenge their faith. tell you I may have to finish part two of this next week but Barbara this is going to get me in trouble I, I work right and I talk to everybody everybody come see me everybody come talk to me and I'll be having these conversations with people and they be saying stuff that I think a sinner should say they be saying stuff that I think a sinner should say and all kind of stuff. Then I find out they go to church. And I, oh God, help me do this. I start saying, okay, from a pastor perspective, do I, do, uh, mm. from a pastor perspective are these my people too oh Jesus what they life like at work because when I talk and look at some of these people they are a straight embarrassment to the men of God church they go to That's why won't nobody go to their church? And it started making me think, what my people act like? Who see them at their job and don't even know they say? And I'm against the whole 
Should nobody know you say, keep your Christianity quiet. The devil is a liar. I don't know what kind of salvation you got that don't spread the gospel. I don't talk to nobody at my job. I just go do what I'm supposed to do and go home. You got that job not for the money. You got it so you can be a witness. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, y'all gonna be mad at me when I say this. The reason they don't know you say either is because you really have a personality that deals with anxiety and shyness, or you're trying to hide something. Either you really have some natural issues on speaking to people. Because that's for real. Or you trying to hide something because the people at work would be surprised that you go to church. If you ain't being talked about at work, if they're not talking about, oh, she always carry a Bible, oh, she always praying, oh, she's too friendly. You know what? That's, if they were speaking negative about me at work, that's what they would say. Why are you always so happy? And I said, I ain't happy. I got the joy of the Lord. I ain't got no reason to come here on pouting. I ain't got no reason to come here with my head down. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I don't have a reason to come here negative. It's that Jesus joy. It's that Jesus joy that I've been sipping on. It's that Jesus joy that I've been drinking on. And I found myself drunk of it. And it caused me to stumble in joy. It caused me to stumble in peace. It caused me to stumble in love. You're stumbling over the wrong intoxication. I got to close here. I got Can I finish this on Wednesday? Can I finish this on Wednesday? Clap your hands and give Jesus praise. I got a couple more pages to go. I'm going to finish this on Wednesday. I'm going to finish this on Wednesday. Can I help you? Can I help you understand something? The anointing respects time. The Spirit of God honors time. And so, the Bible says that the Spirit is subjected to, to the prophet. And if there's no, no hit of his glory where we can't control the move, then we honor people's time and dismiss when we say we will. I just taught you a lesson to my leaders. You're not shutting down the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He honors time. So I'm going to finish this on Wednesday. I'm telling you, I didn't even, I was still in my introduction. I didn't even get to the meat of it yet. But God has been dealing with me. Ministers come, I want to 
give an invitation. This is Colin Spencer. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Win Every Day. Tune in next week to find out more on how you can discover the new you.